This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. Hi, Doug. Hi, Jenny. Today on the podcast, we interview Philip Cowan, who is running for position two on Tacoma City Council. He brought us popcorn from, I don't know where. He did. He's the first guest to ever bring us something. I did choke, but uh, I think I hit it pretty well. Yes, the tears are streaming (laughs) down your face. (laughs) It was a really good conversation, though. I was happy to meet him. He seems like a guy who will actually be interactive with his constituents, genuinely. Yep. It's a good show. Listen in. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma Podcast. Today we are interviewing Philip Cowan, who is running for position two for the Tacoma City Council. Thanks. Great to be here. We're very happy to have you here. We begin each of these candidate interview podcasts with a question about your Tacoma story. So can you tell us how long you've lived in Tacoma and um, where you live and all that? Sure. I have lived in Tacoma for uh, about 18, 18, 19 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I came up here to work for the Tacoma Nears Baseball Club. I'd never even been to the state of Tacoma. Um, I interviewed over the phone uh, to the state of Tacoma, the state of Washington or (laughs) the city of Tacoma. We knew what you meant. Um, And uh, interviewed over the phone for a position with the Tacoma Nears and then just drove up here uh, and took the job. And where were you previously? So um, I... I'm from Texas originally. Um, I worked in minor league baseball a couple years before I came up here uh, and uh, interviewed for their director of ticket operations and came up here for that and stayed there for eight years. Um, When I first uh, moved to Tacoma, I lived for a number of years in the apartments, uh, the Westridges, down at 9th and 19th. And uh, I've lived on Union Avenue for the last uh, 12 or 13 years. Hmm. Union is lovely, especially in the fall. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> when I first moved up here, I moved here right around Halloween, mm. and just driving around the city oh and trying gosh. to trying to figure <laughs> out where I liked, and drove down Union and just loved yep. that street. Didn't know where I was. <laughs> Sold. Got, yeah. Well, and I, I got out and took a picture, um, and then honestly didn't know what street I was on until like a year later, and I was trying to find where I was, and I found that picture, and it was within like a block of the house that I ended up buying later. So I was kind of destined to be in that area. I have been known to block traffic on Union, taking pictures of the leaves in a few weeks here. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the Tacoma Rainiers, but I'd like to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about your qualifications for your position. Sure. Well, a lot of it is the my business background. Um, I was a financial analyst. That was my undergrad degrees in finance and my master's in international business. Um, and I decided a long time ago that I wanted to do jobs that were fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a pharmacist, and by the time he was retiring, he wasn't enjoying his job as much anymore. And I was good at being a financial analyst and enjoyed it to to a large degree, but I didn't see myself 40 years from now still sitting at a computer just doing that. Um, so I decided to take a step back and be an intern for a minor league baseball team. And wow. prob- Yeah, probably half my friends thought I was uh, insane for 
going from a financial analyst to being an intern. And then the other <laughs> half of my friends, uh, mostly ones who had families who felt like they couldn't make a move like that, were incredibly envious because I was getting to pursue a dream. Um, so I worked in minor league baseball for 10 years. Uh, like I said, with the Rainiers, the last mm -hmm. eight of those. Um, and last two years or last eight years or so with the Rainier. Well, the last six years with the Rainiers, I uh, was assistant GM and director of finance. And then towards the end of that time, uh, the team went up for sale, and I mm. was trying to look for some other opportunity here and was a big fan of the Grand and just knew if uh, that job ever came open, that would be something I was interested in, and uh, and it did, and here I am, 10, 10 or 11 years later after being executive director at the Grand Cinema and totally love that job. has such a great community outreach Um and does a lot of things uh, for a lot of people, and I really liked being part of the community that way. Hmm. Is it true that Nick Lachey owns the Rainiers? He he was partial owner at one point. Actually, when they, when <laughs> when they were sold from George Foster on Foster Farms Chicken, that was yeah. he was part of the group back then. Okay, but no longer. All right. Our pod auntie, Marguerite, will uh, harass me for not knowing which boy band Nick Lachey is from. Right. I, I, couldn't, I'm, I'm I couldn't tell you that either. Backstreet Boys, maybe? I don't know. Okay, so and tell us about what you've been doing at the Grand. Um, well, so some of the things, well, I, I was brought in mostly for my business background, and I kind of learned the film end of it. Um, over the years, we just do a lot of, like I said, uh, outreach into the community. One of the things I like doing best is being a kind of a connector. Uh, we'll bring in a film on some topic, uh, reach out to groups that are maybe particularly familiar with that topic, and then have good post-film discussions with those. And you can really create conversations in a unique way that really nobody else in Tacoma can do. There's a lot of people can participate in in different groups, but I'm kind of the only one who gets to do that. I, I program all of the films, so it gives me that opportunity. Um, and we've we've been doing things for local filmmakers here too, starting up uh, slightly before I started, but continuing for about 12 years now, the 253 film competition mm -hmm. where local filmmakers have 72 hours to make a film. We started film camps for kids recently. Um, so we're just trying to do a lot of things uh, uh, out there, and it's going really well. We once won the uh, best use of location for in the 253 Film Festival. Oh, I didn't even um, realize that. Marguerite, the pod auntie, and... Uh, oh. um, Oh, no, that was a different one. A couple of years we, we, we were involved. Um, My group used uh, one best use of an object once. Oh, nice, nice. An it egg. Was, um, an egg. Eric Hanberg directed uh, my husband and I in a film called Tin Tin Tabulation. I remember that film, but I didn't I yep. didn't know you, so I'll that have to go me. find that and, um, and see you and then seven or eight years ago. We did one, I'm trying to think of what it was called, but it, we used a giant... Um, Guinness costume, and we we had a boat. Oh, I'm the worst. Sorry, guys. We'll put links <laughs> in the show us. notes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, links to films, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So thank you for the 253 Film Festival. It's super fun. Every year I think, oh, let's do it, and then, you know, time goes by. Anyway, um, so can you please tell us a bit about District, or Position 2, District 2, tell us about your area. Okay, um, it's it's probably the biggest geographic area within the city. Um, on one end, it's near the Proctor District. It's it starts at Union Avenue and then goes down towards Sixth in one direction and Thirtieth in the other, and then with a couple of little curves, more or less follows Sixth and Thirtieth 
um, 30th all the way out over the water to Northeast Tacoma. And wow. 6th, it comes down to Tacoma Avenue right by Wright Park uh, and the Grand and takes a right, goes over to the highway, and then pulls in all of downtown and Northeast Tacoma. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of different people in that district uh, in different areas. And definitely when you get out in the district and you're doorbelling, issues resonate by area, like Northeast Tacoma is maybe different than North End Tacoma, but then there's even more specifics of People around Proctor have a different thing that's on their mind, and people around Annie Wright have a different thing on their minds in downtown and northeast Tacoma. So it's it's really interesting to hear the the micro issues that come up in, mm-hmm. in different areas. What kind of things are you hearing while you're doorbelling? Um, northeast Tacoma, um, the biggest thing from them is that how rarely they've had a candidate knock on their door. Wow. And so how happy they are just to have someone there. Um, the... Uh, environmental things in the port is one of the biggest things for them. Um, they still talk about roads out there. Everybody in Tacoma talks about roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northeast Tacoma's roads aren't probably as bad as some of the older area of downtown just simply because of their age. They this, The streets haven't been there as long. Yeah. Um, but give us time. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and traffic getting out of Northeast Tacoma is, is particularly a problem. And when I... Uh, people use it as a bypass for I-5 a lot, yeah. uh, and it's just really a hard area. And we're uh, we've got a we've got a lot of people to move around both just Tacoma and the region, and it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of hard to find some certainly no quick solutions on those things. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much one way in and one way out from that area. Right. It seems like. So, why did you decide to challenge Robert Toms for his seat? Well, I had thought about the at-large seat um, because I knew Victoria had stepped down uh, and I'd been a a candidate for the appointed position a couple of times and was actually a finalist with Robert Toms when he was appointed uh, five years ago, I guess, four or five years ago. Um, And so I'd always had my interest on it. And then with – so I decided not to pursue the at-large one because I thought there was some pretty good candidates and I'm not in this all about myself just to be the person. And if there's some good candidates, then I think it's, I'll Mm. I'll let them do it and and run with it. Um, But I just had some people approach me after they found out my interest in the other and and was encouraging me to to think about this particular position um, just because we're looking for a little bit more progressive leadership in the position than we've been getting right now. Uh, and I just, it seems like one that I think that we can do better on and, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm in. Hmm. So if there's anything, what would you say that he has done well and what will you do differently? What he has done well, um, he is, he's connected with the, the, the people in the business community, particularly down in the port, um, really well and, so he, he knows their interests and can network with them, which uh, in a campaign drives a lot of money, too. Um, mm-hmm. And what could – the second part was what could I do better? What will you do differently? What will I, what will I yeah. do differently? Um, I, I want to be more connected out in the community. Like I said, when I'm out in northeast Tacoma, there's so many people who haven't seen anybody out there before. Mm-hmm. And I want to be somebody who's not only out there right now when I'm looking for their vote – um, but I want to be out there in between, too. So if I can be elected, uh, I want them to not just 
expect to see me every four years. I want them mm-hmm. to be a face that they're familiar with. And I, I want to, you know, I, when I doorbell, I ask people what's on their minds because I'm not specifically out to tell them what I want to do because I'm out to represent them. So I'm asking them as questions. So it's as much uh, person driven from by them as it is by me. Hmm. What issues do you see particularly facing District 2? Well, I'm, I mentioned the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, down, there's a lot of people very concerned about the LNG plant uh, down in, in the, the port. Um, I'm against that. Don't know that it can be stopped or anything, um, but I am against that. Uh, I think long-range planning, we need to make sure that we're paying attention for the, those kinds of projects in the future. And the reason I say it may not be able to be stopped is because we have zoning regulations that are in place to allow it. And mm-hmm. so we need to be looking at these things, which they are starting the process of doing that so that in the future, uh, if something like this comes up, that we have better ideas of what can and what we want better. Mm -hmm. Um, Within the community, affordable housing is a really big deal to me. Um, And and probably most all of the candidates are saying that. um, And the council is saying that they want it, but I'm I'm not really seeing any push to do it. Um, I want to have that a little bit more of a focus. I mean, I know we offer tax incentives to uh, to places that if uh, if they build a building, we can give them tax incentives if they have a certain percentage that's affordable housing. But a couple of things. One, it's not very affordable for the portion that they do on those projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not enough of a focus in that we're not getting enough. And I want to see a shift to figure out what our true goals are and find better ways to do it um, because we're just not getting that right now. And there's so many different things that are seem kind of broken. Uh, and sometimes you need fresh blood in there to, to view things. You know, if, if you're at your house and you walk through it every day, sometimes you miss things that are just sitting there right next to you because you, you're used to them. Yeah. And I think it's some way with the council too. They're used to doing things a certain way. Uh, and it's not necessarily bad all the time, but there's sometimes a, a different way to do it, and you need some new fresh blood to look at those things a little bit differently. One example um, is the way they do the citizen comment thing done in the city council. Um, the council members hate it because they feel like they're kind of screamed at for over and over, and the same people come week after week and say the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. and the people who are speaking hate it because they're saying the same thing over and over and they don't feel like they're being heard. And so if right. both sides hate it and both sides don't feel like anything's happening, why do we keep it as it is? Um, I would love to see some different approaches to it. Um, maybe there's a little bit more interaction in it. Um, maybe if a person uh, speaks for their two or three minutes and maybe the council has an opportunity, you know, an individual, not to turn it into a long debate, but there's mm-hmm. maybe a small response in that. And in, when you first look at it, you'd say, okay, well, that's going to double the length of the time. But first meeting it might, but over time, I think it might make it shorter because you've, you're creating a, a response to them. And they feel like, okay, yeah, you did hear me because I heard you say this in response. And I just want to make sure that people are being heard. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister show, The Nerd Farmer Podcast. Channel 253 is brought to you by Alaska Airlines. They're my airline of choice. When I need to book a flight, I don't mess with the travel sites anymore. I go straight to Alaska Air and book direct. It's not even a question for me. When I'm on board, the flight attendants are courteous and the service is efficient. That's really important to me. Also, they've got a killer cheese plate. Seriously, get the fruit and cheese plate next time you fly. And they have Northwest Craft beers. I feel like a human when I fly Alaska. I'm a customer, not a commodity. 
Alaska is such a good airline and has such good service, I forgive them for sponsoring the Timbers, my rival. And if I'm willing to do that, you know Alaska must be good. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP, and I fly Alaska. You mentioned a progressive agenda. So you mentioned the environment. You mentioned uh, affordable housing. You mentioned the way the the, uh, city council meetings are run. Uh, What else might that be that would uh, comprise a a progressive agenda? Well, and some of that, uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll go back to the environment for a minute. Um, the environment can cover so many different things in your decision making. Uh, it can matter into how you do building of mm-hmm. whether you're making it dense or you're building on green space. Uh, and where you build also depends on what kind of transportation goes around there, which matters to the environment. Um, and the way you do recycling within a community or the way you do energy use, there's so many different things. And that's that's kind of one of those things that is an overriding uh, concern to me on everything because uh, I think you make a lot of decisions without paying attention to environmental impacts. And that goes for a lot of different things. You uh, make decisions with unintended consequences. And I think that you need to pay attention to that, uh, paying in, in, in everything. Um, but I'm, uh, I watch... I've been endorsed by several of the unions, uh, including the teachers' union and, and environmental organizations like the Sierra Club, uh, and just really, uh, you know, I mentioned the affordable housing uh, at, at the Grand Cinema. We uh, instituted our own $15 minimum wage several years ago, and we give really good health care benefits to the people. Um, and so I just believe in things that that I believe people should be trying to do and trying to live those in my own life. Hmm. Kind of backing up to where you were talking about affordable housing. Um, in District 2, density is not always a popular topic. True. Do you have any clever ideas for how we are going to convince others that density is necessary? Well, I mean, one of the things I think that we've gotten ourselves into trouble with in the past on a lot of different things is transparency. I think the city tends to make a lot of decisions uh, without the people giving their proper chance to hear about it. And I think if people feel like they're being heard, even if the decision goes against them, it's it's more you're more amenable to that. Whereas mm-hmm. if you feel like you didn't get a chance to say anything and they did something you didn't like, and then it just it makes your blood boil that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if we're getting out and talking to people and going above and beyond what we have to do, you know, so if we're going to build something in an area like like the LNG or the Proctor Station, um, you know, the law says we have to notify people within a certain small area of that mm-hmm. happening. But these are more community kinds of things, and we need to make an effort to reach beyond what we have to do and and be looking at what we should be doing and make that sure that communication is a little bit more. And I, I think that just goes with so many different things, and I think you'll have a better uh, communication and, and better feeling from the people from you no matter what you're doing out there. It's true. I feel like no matter what, when it comes to things like a Proctor Station or um, the new one going in on Stadium, Stadium, um, I don't understand how we would fix that process because clearly like the land is for sale and some developer buys it. And before we even have any idea what's going on, it's already, it's the ship has sailed. But how would community members be how I don't understand how you could 
be better informed about that? Do we need to be looking at property listings and complaining before it's even sold? I, I don't understand. And I don't, I'm not against density, sure, by the way. Right, sure. I'm pro density. Right. But I'm just wondering if you're mad about Proctor Station, I mean, when was the time that that could that you should have been fighting that? I mean, clearly the developer buys the land and then it's done, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the the process of 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 that all happening again. I don't think they feel like they were being heard, and there's a lot of debate of people wanting you know four stories versus six stories over there yeah. and giving variances for those kinds of things and. And, and you know, I'll be honest, people don't like change, and right. that's, and I'm that way, and, and most people are that way. And so the longer you've been in a neighborhood, probably the more likely you are to be against it. As I doorbell, uh, the people who are newer to the neighborhoods love those things because uh, yeah. they're not as anchored to the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's some human nature, and I, I just hope people give things a chance. I mean, hopefully within the city that we are, you know, paying attention to what we're doing. I, I think sometimes we're not— doing things with a plan of it. Uh, I don't want to be a city where we have vacant land and anybody can come in and do anything they want without Mm -hmm. us trying to create that vision for what's going on out there. Um, But it's, you know, and it's it's hard too because, uh, you know, there are regulations and zoning that -hmm. are in effect and, and they're in effect right now and people don't necessarily know how something down the block from them could be developed, and so it's kind of right. hard to go out there and inform everyone of something that already is. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not an easy process, and the the people who get most involved are the ones who are probably going to find out about it, and mm-hmm. then just living your daily lives, you're probably not going to know about it. It's going to be hard. Do you happen to know how one would go about finding out what land is for sale that's developable in Tacoma? Uh, I don't have a listeners. Good, somebody, uh, yeah, I don't. No, yeah, I know it's <laughs> go figure it out. <laughs> hire yourself your own real estate broker. Yeah, I and, guess. I don't know. I just feel like they're when by the time people get mad, it's too late, and you know your neighbor's yard could be developable, and you wouldn't know. And I don't. I feel like there's 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 space for someone to take this on. <laughs> right. Sure. It's not me, sadly. Um, do you have an opinion about ADUs? Because that's going to be a hot topic in your district, I imagine. Right. Um, I want to – I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it because it goes back to a lot of people don't want changes in their community, but we also need density. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like some of the pilot programs to try different things. Uh, I think trying things is always a good way to start rather than having some blanket – uh, yeah. citywide kind of thing. So I think uh, if you're doing it in uh, houses where the owner lives there, mm-hmm. then it's probably a good thing. If you're turning it into two rental properties on the same spot, probably not. Yeah. Um, so, But if you're staying in the property and doing it within your own property, I think that's probably a good thing. Hmm. What issues do you see facing Tacoma, and how would you work together with your uh, council members to address them? Well, I mean, a lot of it goes around growth. I mean, our housing prices are growing up because we're growing so much, and it's how we do that growth. Um, and I don't want to turn us into a city where, because the main things we've been talking about building are our housing, uh, mm-hmm. which is good, we need. Um, but that's kind of all we've talked about. And I want to make sure that we're not using all these empty spaces to just build more and more and more and more housing. And if we're not paying attention to jobs, then all we're doing is 
tr- uh, creating a place where more people who work in Seattle have a place to live here and then and then drive up to Seattle and make the traffic that much yeah. worse. We've you know we've solved our housing problem by creating a traffic problem and a uh, revenue problem because we don't have the jobs. And uh, I'm, I'm really big on having safe, walkable neighborhoods. Uh, I live near the Proctor District, and I absolutely love it there because I walk to the grocery store. I walk my daughter to school. Um, I walk to the library. I walk to places to eat. Uh, and it's just an l- amazing area for that. And I want to see that out in other areas. And we can do that. Um, when I doorbell, particularly in like Northeast Tacoma, I mean, they're they don't have many sidewalks. Yeah. Um, they don't have uh, walkable. I mean, they're, you can walk around the neighborhood, but there's no, you know, restaurants that you can walk to. Uh, you know, it's just a very different atmosphere out there. And I like mm-hmm. it there, but it's uh, it's, it's more of a car-driven area because mm-hmm. of the way they planned it. Uh, and I want to see us pushing for some of those things as we grow. I, I just I want to make sure that we have a vision uh, what this growth is going to be that we're paying attention to the whole picture and jobs is a big part of that. Hmm. I will move on to our fun questions now. Is this time, you, time for the popcorn again? Is yes, let's get the popcorn questions? Out. You're going to hear crunching in the microphone now. Right. I don't know, maybe. We're going to see if you can hear this, Doug. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's there. There you go. That's there. What is your favorite bar, restaurant, coffee shop? What's your hangout in Tacoma? Where do you like to be? Um, the place I used to go all the time was Hilltop Kitchen. Yeah. That was my favorite place, easily. May it rest in peace. I know. Well, what are your thoughts on Enrama then? Uh, Enrama is probably one of my places that I like, but it's not in the it's not in my area where I go as much, and for some reason it hasn't entered into my constant place that I think about. So yeah. I've been there a few times, uh, and I have. Uh, if people who used to work at the old place uh, are still there, when I walk in, they know my drink. Um, <laughs> so uh, I can get that. But so right now, um, I tend to go to Donaldson's a lot in Proctor. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I found out it has just been sold. Oh, dear. So uh, next week they change ownership. Um so we'll, are there we'll going s- to be changes? Do you think there are always changes when you change ownership? But what those will be, who knows? Um, but I go there a lot. Um, I love Thai food, so I I eat Thai food everywhere I can get hands on. What's uh, your favorite Thai? Um, I kind of am dish specific. Okay. Uh, I eat East West in Proctor a lot. Mm-hmm. I eat at uh, Silk Thai. Um, yeah, Silk I like, Thai. I, I like. Uh, it's kind of a fusion of it, but I love Indo. Uh, in stadium, yes. so Indo's Indo's probably my one of my favorite places. I like Art House Cafe there too. So I, yeah, I I don't ha- for eating. I bounce around, and then by the Grand Cinema, Infinite Soups, much more uh, simple, but just yes. such a good place. I got to give them a plug. They're awesome. Do you awesome eat there, there for every single day? I, no, <laughs> I but I'm I'm there every week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any pets? I do. I have a cat named Emerson. Uh, he is probably about 18 years old or so. He's one that. Uh, was a stray at Cheney Stadium when I worked for the Rainiers. And there, there were some wild feral cats around there, but uh, he was definitely not one of those. He was an, uh, had his own little agenda around the par- ballpark. And it was very clear that he had been owned at some point um, because he would, at his distance, he would follow us around on staff on non-game days. Uh, and he was out there for six months or so. Uh, and 
I I took him home uh, after befriending him in a little bit with the intent of finding him a place to live. And as so often happens, they we adopted each other. So did he read you any of his poems? No. Yes. Uh, he's he's still a little shy on that regard, but that is actually where the name came from. Yes. <laughs> What is the most interesting thing that's happened to you while doorbelling? Uh, interesting thing. Uh, I got bit by a very big dog. Oh, no. Um, uh, so that, Break the skin? Oh, yes. It's a voter, I suppose. It's better now, but it's it's been six weeks or so. Did you end up talking to the person? Or yes, well, because it was one where uh, <laughs> the, the front door was open, and I came up and just knocked to the side, and then the dog came charging out of the house. Um, so that I'm very cautious of now when I walk up to a yard that says, beware of dog, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking at the, the gate yeah. outside there before <laughs> I open anything. And so far that hasn't happened again. Oh. But, um, I, a couple of days ago, I, uh, doorbelled a 87 year old widow who kind of started crying while we were talking just because mm. how she was just very lonely. Uh, and that oh. was, that one really got to me a lot because I, I think she just, was happy to have somebody to talk to, but then also sad. And I mean, there's a lot. I get into amazing conversations, so that's yeah. that's the best part. But I'm stay away from the dogs. I love dogs, but <laughs> just just the ones that bite. Yeah. Do you have a favorite book or something good you've read lately? Uh, when you're running for office, you don't have, you have time. No I read periodicals reading. constantly, but no book reading right now. I the last one, uh, kind of my. Uh, Combining my finance and, and baseball interest, I was reading one by Keith Law, who wrote a book on baseball called Smart Baseball mm. uh, that just came out this year. And I read about half of that. Uh, and then the, the campaign hit, and then it's put on the shelf. Have you read The Brothers K? I have not. Oh, my gosh. So that's the book I should read next. It's the book you should read immediately. Okay. It's a baseball story. It's fiction. Okay. But it's just one of the most beautiful books ever. Okay. November 8th. I will, yes. I will start that book. <laughs> Um, do you, well, you must have opinions about movies. Love movies, yeah. Okay, so do you have a favorite? What's the best thing playing at the Grand right now? Um, my favorite, uh, of all time is probably Cinema Paradiso. It was mm. quite a while back. Um, best foreign picture from Italy. Mm -hmm. Um, love that film. And what's interesting is when it came out here in the U.S., uh, you know, I saw that version, and then I found out a few years later that the European version was different than the American version. Hmm. Uh, and the European version was about 20 minutes longer. I forget the exact time, but it was definitely longer. Uh, and then I watched that one later, and I didn't like it nearly as much. Huh. And so, uh, but it's amazing of how much how editing can really change the storylines in a because they huh. added a complete kind of new storyline in it. So interesting. That it, it would make a very good film discussion topic for, um, but films that we have. Uh, right now, the main thing I'm looking forward this to— This will probably air in about two weeks, so is there something coming? Okay, well, this, <laughs> it does. So um, the thing that I'm looking forward to is the first week of October is the Tacoma Film Festival. Right. So we have a lot of films mm -hmm. coming out for that. We have a lot of filmmakers coming to town, uh, so that's an amazing time for people to watch. So, yeah. Neat, neat. My, my brother won the poster contest once, and he submitted his uh, submission from France. Huh. So there you go. That's impressive. There you have it. Good and, job, and I want to thank Matthew. you for bringing the reconstructing the Beatles films there, which I enjoyed. Yeah, those have been really popular. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know those, it's just uh, films. Uh, they're more or less lectures of talking about the different Beatles albums and, hmm. and really delving into those. And people, their turnouts for really been really high for those. Deconstructing. Yeah. Hmm. 
Do you have any unusual talents? <laughs> um, spreadsheets, probably not as a, a talent that you, well, it's, yeah, probably not. It's a very useful talent. No, no major talents. I, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do is I just like to hike and, and travel. Mm. That, that's been the hardest thing I've Bet you haven't hiked much this year. Yeah, I haven't hiked once this year. Mm-hmm. And I, a few years ago, I decided to start trying to do one major trip every year, and I'm yeah. just having to bypass that this year, and so that's hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you play baseball? I, I haven't played baseball in a long time. Uh, I love I love doing it with friends, but it's been a while. One of the perks of being at the, the Rainiers is when the season was over, then we would we'd go out and just do a – kind of a staff softball game out mm-hmm. there, baseball game, and it, that was so much fun. I mean, who gets to play in a big stadium? I mean, that's that's pretty yeah, awesome. That's super yeah. fun. My sister is a Tacoma police officer, so she's played in that cops versus fire game okay. before, and it's so exciting when her face is on the jumbotron. It's exciting. Right. That's, that's cool. <laughs> um, do you remember when you registered to vote, and was there someone who you were first excited to vote for? I don't remember the registering to vote. I know I, uh, as a kid, I was very interested in politics. So I was, mm-hmm. uh, now thinking back, I don't remember what year that was, but I remember as a kid thinking, it's like, okay, this will be the year that I can vote. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking forward to that. But as far as registering, I don't remember, I don't remember that, that part. But I, I remember going as a kid a lot uh, to to vote with my, my mom and dad in the big uh, old-fashioned metal booths would, would have yeah. the big curtain and you'd do all the switches. And uh, and I think that's one thing. I mean, I like the mail-in voting that we do now, but I think you, it's missing a part of the process of mm-hmm. having election day being a big deal by itself because yep. it's, it's just kind of rolls out there. And I miss it. Yeah. But I, I make sure I vote again my daughter's 10. Uh, I make sure I always vote with her so mm-hmm. that we can, she can see the process because I want to you know, it's part of training. If you want people to vote, yep. they have to see their parents vote too. It's true. The reason I ask that question is that I like to remind everyone that October 9th is the last day to register to vote in the general. And you can do that by going to co.pierce.wa.us or going in person to the election office or by calling 798-7427. That's our voting public service announcement. Thank you so much for coming on today. Can you bring us on home with your pitch for why District 2 should vote for you? Sure. Um, I can be the candidate that everyone out there has accessible to them, that they know is responsive to them, and they know that stands up for them. Uh, Somebody who's going to go into the council and uh, not be afraid to do things a little different uh, and, and try to bring Tacoma uh, to the places that we want to see. It's a beautiful city, and I want to keep that beauty up. And I, I, you know, as a father, I want to make sure that when my daughter goes off to college, it's a place that she wants to come back to. Mm. And I think that we need to have that vision, and I think I can do that. Well, thanks so much for coming today, Philip. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma Podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 Network, where you can also find the Move to Tacoma Podcast, as well as the Nerd Farmer Podcast. And the Flounders B-Team Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. 
Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.